Star Wars 7x7 episode 1941. What is the deal with that giant iceberg looking thing in the Rise of Skywalker trailer? It must be pretty amazing when it's something that scientists don't even have a name for in real life. And I'm going to talk about that with physics professor Patrick Johnson. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So, you know, here's the crazy thing. When I reached out to Patrick Johnson, who is the author of The Physics of Star Wars and who is a teaching professor at Georgetown University, one of the things that I asked him about, or I guess I should say that of the things that I asked him about, that iceberg looking thing was not one of them. And I'm so glad that he brought it up and ultimately it led to us having a discussion about what this thing is and how it could have formed and it also went into the avenues of what asteroids are made of and how cold it is in the universe and what freezes and what could actually stay frozen and under what circumstances and all these sorts of things. And so the conversation developed from the mention of that iceberg thing during our conversation about the Star Destroyer breaking through ground as seen in the Rise of Skywalker. And so I took advantage of the opportunity to say, well, heck, since you brought that iceberg up, let's talk about that. And what do you think? And so that's going to be the majority of our conversation on today's episode of the show. So that's what you have coming up after the break here. And because, you know, we're going to dive right into the middle of it, it's just going to come right up after the break. And that's why I'm going to say now thank you again for joining me and Patrick Johnson, the author of The Physics of Star Wars, for this episode. Now, stay tuned right after the break. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. And coming up, that crazy iceberg thing. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. What you mentioned about asteroids being mostly ice anyway, mm -hmm. I yeah. find particularly fascinating for this discussion because I guess whether it's depicted that way in movies, you know, when I think of the asteroids in The Empire Strikes Back, which would yeah. be, you know, our most famous yeah. example of it, or even in, um, I guess, Attack of the Clones, but it's not really asteroids around Genos, it's, it's more yeah. like the, the rocks and the rings. Yeah. That does not look like ice. It looks yeah. like a rock. So yeah. is that intentional for the purposes of a cinematic experience or mm -hmm. in real life are asteroids ice balls covered in dirt and therefore look yeah. like rocks. So uh, I, I would hesitate to use the word dirt only because when I think of dirt, I think of like soft soil that like I would be able to dig into pretty easily. Okay. Um, certainly anything in space is going to be like rock hard um, and uh, it will be solidified whatever it is. And so like, for instance, uh, there will be uh, rocky asteroids. Uh, and so I guess I shouldn't say they're all ice, uh, but like they're certainly any water that is on them has turned into ice. And when we see a comet, for instance, flying through the sky, 
what you see with that tail is actually the uh, the water being evaporated off of it. And so it's slowly decaying as the sun heats it up. And one of the things that I found super fascinating when I first learned that about comets is when you see the tail, it like it looks like it's flying across the sky and leaving behind a tail in the way that we would think of an airplane leaving behind a tail or whatever. But that tail doesn't necessarily point in the direction opposite that it's going. It points opposite the direction of the sun or uh, whatever star. Ah. And so it could be flying this way with the tail coming off that way if that's just the way it's oriented relative to the sun. And so um, that's not really important for our current discussion, but <laughs> I just think a really interesting science fact that I, I, I always get excited to share. But, oh, yeah. Uh, no, that is yeah. cool. And so, like, for instance, uh, in Empire Strikes Back, like when they land uh, on a rocky asteroid, uh, or I guess <laughs> they land inside of a creature on a rocky asteroid, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, like, uh, but it certainly looks very rocky. Uh, that's not inherently flawed for what we know about asteroids, but most asteroids, uh, are, like I would say, are more ice than rock. Uh, but like we have talked uh, as a society of someday sending probes to asteroids to be able to mine them for their precious metals and things. And certainly mm -hmm. we'd be able to extract metals from them, uh, but we've barely landed any probes directly on asteroids to specifically measure what is their composition. We're just going off of... Uh, visuals of looking at them. But if you go to things like uh, the outer planets and uh, like the things in the Kuiper belt, uh, Pluto and uh, Neptune, et cetera, like they have frozen methane on their surface. So that's like, uh, it's methane ice. And so uh, that's not something we ever experience on earth outside of maybe a science lab kind of thing. So right. uh, like what the surface of these asteroids are actually made of would really depend on kind of where they are, uh, uh, like how far away from their relative uh, star uh, would be um, because if they're too close, the methane will have boiled off and like just kind of escaped into space. But uh, if they're far enough away, the surface could be made up of all kinds of things that we would think of as exotic rocks, but like are just uh, things that we see as liquids and gases that are just too cold. Got it. Uh, so yeah. then by extension, the crazy iceberg thing that we see in the trailer yeah. for lack of a better way of naming it because yeah. we don't necessarily know where that object exists in relation to a star for example then it could be composed of almost anything assuming yeah. that the temperature of the background of space in star wars is similarly cold to what ours is i think what three yeah. degrees kelvin is As, give, or, give or take yeah i think 2.6 2.7 but yeah uh, within rounding, certainly three, uh, is fine. Uh, and like, uh, uh, but, uh, like, uh, the thing about that though, that I find especially interesting is it seems to be occupied by some kind of living creatures. Like it seems like there are buildings and things on there. Yeah. And let's say that this thing is like a rogue planet where, uh, so rogue planets in our universe are just planets that don't seem to have a star that are just like roaming around, but like seem to have all the properties of planets that we know and love. Uh, Though, like, if this is like a rogue planet of it's just on its own, far away from all stars, uh, it's going to be cold enough that that could be methane ice, that could be water ice, that could be like uh, helium. Uh, well, I guess hel liquid helium would be four Kelvin, and so like it probably wouldn't be uh, helium ice, but like uh, nitrogen ice, like all kinds of things that uh, like we would think of as gases turned into ice. But once you try to habitate it, like unless you want to exist at those temperatures inside of your buildings, you're going to have to have a heating system and that heating system will heat up the stuff around it. And so you'd literally boil off the surface that you're on. And so 
Um, I would have to theorize that it's probably at most water ice because, I mean, certainly we have people who live in Arctic uh, situations and are totally fine and we aren't completely uh, melting ice caps via the specific heating instruments, uh, heating our barracks uh, on the North Pole or the South Pole. Um, we're doing that in plenty of other ways. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, yeah. So like the fact that it's occupied probably means that it's not, uh, some kind of cooler, uh, ice, I guess pun not intended there, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, uh, yeah. So, uh, it would probably have to be some kind of more normal ice, but then it could therefore exist, uh, orbiting a star somewhere without it completely melting away. Um, the thing that I find most interesting about it is its shape of like, it looks kind of like a flat disc that has ice mountains coming off of it. And typically the way something like that would form in our universe would be, you have a thing that is spinning in a certain direction, which will give it its kind of flat bit. And then that something is coalescing on it and forming uh, these crystals. And so like, uh, for instance, if you super cool water, um, it will stay a liquid even below the freezing point until you add like a little grain of something to be a seed to the crystal formation and then it'll spread out from there. And so if we had a spinning disk of ice, it could be a flat thing that it could have just small imperfections in the surface that over time have led to more and more crystals forming, building off of it like that. Um, and certainly I don't know if this ever happening in our universe, but like I'm I'm a person who loves to see a thing and then try to come up with a way to describe it, why it is. Yeah. Um, and why would it be symmetrical ish going up and down is tough to say, but like if it got too lopsided, it would end up messing with the uh, spin. And so like that uh, could be a stability thing of if one piece grew too tall, it would become unstable and maybe that piece would break off and then it kind of creates a self stable thing and you wouldn't get that spinning uh, ice disc uh, like without some other kind of stuff going on around it. So, yeah. And I don't know if you happen to notice, but um, I imagine you might have, but in thinking of it like an iceberg, I yep. initially imagined that it would be much larger on the bottom end <laughs> than the top. And yep. then it occurred to me that at some point I thought, well, if it's an iceberg, then maybe it's floating in water mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. akin to it. And so we're yeah. just seeing a surface where it should be reflective, but yeah. it's not the, the bottom of it is not symmetrical to the tops. And yeah. it's in fact a lot smaller from a yeah. height perspective compared mm -hmm. to, would it be the ecliptic? Is that how you would just, Oh gosh, you uh, <laughs> you're no, you're using words that I, I would have to dig through my brain to remember uh, their precise definition. And so uh, I'll go with it cause it sounds good. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, I might have somebody correct us later. So yeah. I, I might be wrong on my use of ecliptic yeah. also. But yeah, if you I guess if you imagine the, you know, the line of the equator and that yeah. you can sort of see where, as you mentioned, it's populated. If you're watching the screen, you're looking at sort of the the, the left hand side where it looks like there are lights and yeah. potentially structures and stuff. And so I was thinking, OK, well, maybe that's, I guess, almost where you could consider an equator of the thing to be, but there's no, but yeah, the, the bottom of it does not reflect what the top is literally yeah. or figuratively. Yeah. And like, uh, if, I mean, uh, so in my mind, I had always been envisioning this as being in space and like the idea that it would be floating in something and that maybe the, it's a distorted reflection. That could be an interesting idea of, uh, like if the, 
material that it's floating in would be distorting the reflection. Uh, I'd have to think about that. But like, uh, if it is indeed in space with the uh, with the asymmetrical uh, formation, um, I gosh, uh, like I, I love to like try to come up. Like, I mean, not everything in space forms symmetrically, but like. Uh, just so many things that we encounter are spherical or mostly spherical things. And like, we only get these oblong shapes and, uh, situations that are, uh, special in some kind of way. And like trying to figure out what are the special conditions that would lead to a thing like this, um, is just super interesting to me. Um, so yeah, sorry. I forget what your initial question was now. I'm just very excited <laughs> to think about this. So. That's okay. Um, and yeah. Ultimately, I think what I ended up deciding on is that when you see the TIE fighters zipping towards this thing, uh -huh, yeah. there's no apparent reflection oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, Which absolutely. leads me to believe that, you know, your, yeah. your, your supposition that it is in space must be yeah. what we're looking at. No, that, that's a very good point. And uh, these are the things that, like, I always talk about when I'm coming up with my theories. It's like, I just come up with a theory and run with it. And then, like, I certainly have had people say, like, but did you consider this? And it's like, well, no, but like, let's have that conversation be more <laughs> interesting. Um, or like, Oh no, that is, uh, another, uh, thought, uh, that is very interesting, but I would think it's this because of this other evidence, like you just provided of, Oh, there's no reflection of the tie fighter. So probably not a reflective surface. That makes a lot of sense. And so, yeah, no, uh, bad on me for thinking that it was possible. <laughs> no, not at all. And in fact, I'm so glad that we went down this road of discussing this yeah. giant formation because that's not something that I suggested that we yeah. even talk about, but yeah. clearly it's absolutely worth talking about. Yeah. And like, it, I don't know, like there are just certain things that catch me and like the visual of that is just like so really cool and interesting to me that like it, uh, like my brain got stuck on it. Um, in the same way that like, um, for all of its, uh, faults uh like uh in the last jedi uh the scene with uh uh, uh holdo sorry i'm drawing a blank on her name but uh laura dern uh, yeah, Admiral Holdo. yeah okay good uh like jumping uh to light speed through snoke's ship like um as much as that could introduce all kinds of plot elements to other movies that would change the way things went uh like that was so visually stunning to me that like i was just in awe in that and like uh even though it's a different type of visually stunning imagery, like just seeing that, like just kind of caught my imagination. And, and so I'm very excited about figuring out what this is and learning more about, uh, like I keep wanting to call it a planet or a moon, but like a, a, an iceberg, I think is a better name for it because it's just a thing floating around in space. Apparently. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.